Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 126 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I am your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. Sound like a screeching mountain lion coming in here, bringing the energy. I like it. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a good episode. We got the running back redraft rankings coming at you this week. So um, my favorite position and an episode we're always excited about. Uh, luckily, not as much news as last week. So no new running back signings or anything. Um, unfortunately, Russell Gage ruptured his patellar tendon and uh, he's out for the season. So that sucks for them um, or him. And uh, yeah, I think he's 27 and a half, about to be 28. So he still has a little bit of time left, but he's had multiple like season ending injuries recently. So it just sucks for him. Um, a couple injury scares, uh, Traylon Burks. It looked like he may have had a season ending injury, but luckily it's turned out to just be an LCL sprain. So it's like a two to four week uh, recovery time period, it looks like. So he may miss week one. He could be back for it. But, um, you know, that's definitely a better timeline than you know having a torn ACL. So uh, on the whole, you know, good news, all things considered. Um, Aaron Rodgers also had a calf strain, but it looks to be minor and uh, doesn't appear like he's going to miss much time. So that's good. Um, a guy that is going to miss some time is Miles Sanders. Uh, he uh, might miss the rest of preseason, according to Frank Reich. Um, with a groin injury so uh yeah that um you know i soft tissue injuries they do have a habit of you know there's uh, some statistical analysis that shows when they running backs especially get them early on in the season they tend to pop up later in the season uh, or at least you have that risk so it is something to keep an eye on but uh you know he should be ready to roll week one so um, another guy that uh, surprisingly uh, could be the RB1 week one. We'll have to see. But uh, Javante Williams will play in the second preseason game for the Broncos. So that's really good to see. He's taking full contact in a re- you know close to real game. So, um, yeah, no, it's great for his recovery and uh, good to see to have another young running back added to this list today. So I'm sure we're doing uh, the top 36 guys here and we'll probably do some honorable mentions. But uh, he definitely makes my list. I'm sure he'll make Josiah's and uh, – yeah, do you have anything to add to that before we get started? Nothing, <clears throat> Nothing to add. Very unfortunate for Russell Gage. Um, I do think that, man, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are in store for a very high target share at this point because it's just like, who else do they have? I think it's like Kate Otten, I guess, would be next mm-hmm. in line as far as Third and uh, target share, but I, Rashad White, I guess, will be a good pass catcher there. But yeah, yeah, very unfortunate for Russell Gage. Uh, he's uh, on a several of my dynasty squads as like a you know wide receiver seven or eight. So unfortunate, I'll have to move him to the IR. Uh, Traylon Burks thing scared the shit out of me. That's like my second yeah. most uh, owned receiver. So um, very glad that that turned out to be something that's not going to be too long and yeah maybe it does rear its ugly head again at some point during this season or whatever but for now i'm just glad that uh you know i can still expect them to play this season and i'm sure the titans are too because they kind of would have been back to the square one of like we only have one viable pass catching target um so uh i think uh it, it it's good all around there but anyways uh let's go ahead and move on into the well- Real quick, I did uh, just two more things. Um, one another injury scare was uh, Teron Armstead, the left tackle for the Dolphins, went down and looked like it might have been a season-ending knee injury. But 
Um, he says he's good and that he should be back for week one. So hopefully just a knee sprain there. But uh, yeah, that's that's good news there. Um, and I do just want to mention, unfortunately, not good news. Uh, some of you may have already seen, but like Alex um, Collins, he died oh, this yeah. last week uh, in a motorcycle accident. So, yeah, sucks. He was fun to watch in the SEC, and he had a couple good seasons uh, in the NFL as well. So, um, by all accounts, a really good guy and uh, good to be around. So, um, yeah, sucks. He was only 28 years old. So, just did want to mention that. Uh, but, yeah, on that somewhat macabre note, we can get into these running back rankings. So, anything to add? Uh, yeah, no, very sad. Uh, I will just add one thing to the Alex Collins. It's, uh, he's the third leading rusher in SEC history. So uh, that's that's pretty he was crazy. dominant at Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so that's that's uh, right at the time that he played, he was. I don't know. He he might have been surpassed a couple times now, but, the, yeah. but yeah. So um, yeah, either way, yeah, super super impressive there. But all right, let's move on uh, to these running backs for this year and uh yeah it's uh there's so many just exterior situations that make some of these guys so hard to rank uh we know we're going to be wrong on some of some of them just straight up we're going to be wrong on some of them because of, of injury um so you know it's it's always uh difficult to parse these but i'd say there are a couple at the top that feel pretty safe of course outside of injury uh and uh nate i'll let you start us out and give your top three running backs for the 2023 season yeah injury can get any of these guys and uh it's gotten this guy before but that is not stopping me at all from taking uh mccaffrey as my rb1 in redraft um he was just especially once he got on the 49ers was an absolute monster and uh, i'm excited to see what they're going to do with him with the whole offseason to plan the offense around him so um, yeah, I, I think he, if he stays healthy, I really do think he's cracking 2000 total yards this year. So, um, he went over 1900 last year, so it's not a stretch at all. And, uh, he's done it before. Um, so yeah, McCaffrey's my RB one, um, coming up right behind him is another pass catching back in Austin Eckler, um, just his PPR upside. And that's what we're ranking on here. It just gives you such a safe floor with him. And he's been, you know, top two running back each of the past two years. So, um, you know, he's still only 28 years old. So, I, you know, he's built like an absolute brick house. And, uh, yeah, they don't really have much competition there for um, to take away touches from him. So uh, he's still going to finish, uh, I think, at least in the top three. But uh, taking him at number two, I feel, is really safe and gives you the upside of the RB1 as well. So Eckler at two. And then a guy that I think is in for a career year, that is Nick Chubb. I'm putting him at number three. Um, Chubb had an awesome year last year, I believe, finished uh, as RB6 overall. And, uh, yeah, I, I – fully believe that he can do better than that this season. So, um, yeah, I'm predicting him to have his best year yet. He's an absolute monster. He's the best runner in the NFL. Um, one of the best of all time. I looked it up. He is tied for RB3 uh, in all-time, like, yards per carry. You know, they had to meet certain minimum requirements for rushing attempts and stuff. He's tied for RB3. Uh, it's like Marion Motley from the 40s and 50s, and then Jamal Charles are the only guys better than him. So, um, Chubb is historically good as a runner, and um, that's going to be exciting to watch this season. So that's my top three, McCaffrey, Eckler, and Chubb. Well, uh, we'll be able to speed through this section here because this very rare this happens, but we have the exact same top three. Uh, I do feel like McCaffrey's kind of a 
should be a unanimous, you know, one mm -hmm. number one at, at running back. So that makes it easy. And, you know, probably Eckler is a unanimous number two uh, for most people. I did consider putting Nick Chubb above him just because, you know, Eckler's kind of been the leader of the, and I respect him for this, but uh, the, you know, let's form a little running back union and, you know, talk about potentially sitting out and, you know, he is actually the one getting fucked the most when you consider the yards, you know, the, the percentage of his team's production versus the amount that he gets paid. Um, so, you know, I do worry that he could make some kind of grandstand and not worry about, cause he's making such little money. I mean, I say such little money, it's more money than I'll ever, you know, even fathom mm -hmm. making, but, um, you know, he might be willing to, to, you know, take the hit monetarily, uh, you know, to make a point. That's my only reason I would consider putting Nick Chubb above uh, Austin Eckler. But in reality, I don't think that's likely to happen. So I'm not going to, you know, rank on something preemptively that's so unlikely. But uh, yeah, so that's my top three as well. I'll just go ahead and get into my uh, four, five, and six. But yeah, I have McCaffrey one, Eckler two, Nick Chubb three. Nick Chubb, uh, I do just want to throw in a couple of reasons why I think he's going to have a career year and why I consider putting him at two. Uh, mm -hmm. Kareem Hunt's gone. He does have Jerome Ford, but he doesn't really have any like second elite back. Like for a long time, him, him and Kareem Hunt were considered the best like tandem in the league. And, uh, you know, it limited his upside, especially in the pass catching game. There's already talk in the, you know, uh, coming out of camp and some of the coordinators and coaches have said, you know, Nick Chubb, you know, is really good at catching the ball and we're going to use him more in that role this year. And, uh, you know, we've seen that the first time he ever, you know, broke out in the NFL, the first play he, you know, was a screen pass that he caught and took to the house like 60 yards. So he's always had the ability to do that. He just wasn't asked to serve that role. And, uh, you know, now I think this year, um, he'll be able to do that. So, uh, so yeah, let me go ahead and get into four five and six here at number four. This might be a little bold, but honestly, I've seen people draft him as high as one and two. So, uh, you know, I know I'm not among the highest of uh, of of his lovers here this year, but it is Bijan Robinson for the Falcons. Um, you know, it's kind of a hey, he's a rookie. How do you know? Who knows what's going to happen? But at the same time, we've had examples like Zeke and Saquon, who are the most comparable to Bijan as far as how highly they were heralded and how highly they were drafted. Um, you know, to their respective teams. Um, I think that uh Bijan, you know, can kind of serve that mold. Um, you know, Saquon, I believe, finished RB1 um his rookie year. Zeke was RB2 his rookie year. So, you know, it's completely possible that him having him at four here is below where he finishes, but I feel like because we haven't seen it, still not completely bought in that the Falcons are gonna be necessarily a prolific offense. Um, I definitely feel like the 49ers, the the uh, the Chargers, and the Browns, all three of the running backs who I have ranked above them, are more are better offenses with better you know quarterbacks, and I expect them to score more points. So that is the you know one concern I have there. But uh, you know having him at four, I don't think is is too low. So uh, I, I like Bijan there at four. My five, I'm going to have Saquon Barkley. Um, you know I think. Bijan and Saquon, I kind of see as a their names even kind of rhyme there, but I kind of see see them as a same tier. Like I'd draft either one of them and be happy. Uh, 
you know, I think the Giants offense is going to look even better than it did last year, and that'll help be help Saquon be more efficient. Not that he was inefficient last year, but um, you know, there were games where he was inefficient. I think that um, it'll be a little bit harder for the defenses to key on key in on him with Daniel Jones taking another step forward. Uh, targets like Darren Waller and hopefully some of their young players like uh, Wandell can stay healthy and, uh, you know, help that offense uh, have some more uh, weapons there. So uh, I really like Saquon this year. Um, you know, injury, I guess, could be a reason why. But I, I, with running backs especially, man, it's just any of these guys could get injured. Most of the guys have been injured. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm not going to necessarily knock anybody. Last year, a lot of people knocked uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon because of their injury history, and both of them finished his top three or four RBs. Um, so, um, you know, Saquon in the top five is not something I'm scared to do. And then coming in at six here, I'm going to have Mr. Derrick Henry. He's kind of the last elite running back that I feel like doesn't have some weird situation looming. Um, and, you know, he's continually, you know, people are starting to get scared off because of age. I feel like they've been scared off of Derrick Henry for, you know, multiple years. And, uh, you know, we have to. You know, he did finally get injured last year, you know, so maybe that's another reason to think, oh, the downfall could happen this year. And look, maybe it will. It will happen again eventually one season. But uh, I think that this year we can depend on Derrick Henry to still be he's his elite producing self, and they're going to have to lean on him a lot. Um, although I will say Tajay Spears, um, you know, I do think is a kind of better backup than he's had in the past couple of years. So that is, you know, one reason why I might have him a little bit lower than than uh you know, I don't know. We'll see. Then the Nate might have him. But uh, anyways, my tier here is going to be Bijan at four, Saquon at five, and Derrick Henry at six. Yeah, we have, um, uh, I guess, one, only one guy in this uh, same tier. So uh, a little bit more difference than our first uh, three. But yeah, I, I right away, I have Derrick Henry at number four. Uh, this is right where he finished last year. It was actually the year before that he got injured last year. He had over 1900 yards, the second most in his career. Um, and he had almost 400 receiving yards, which was by far the best of his career and 33 receptions, which was also easily a career high for him. So their offensive line was decimated with injuries and they had to get him the ball in space in other ways. And he was able to do that. So I imagine they're going to keep getting him the ball uh, out of the backfield now. Um, their offensive line still isn't great. It's young, and they're going to need time to develop. So, um, But, yeah, he showed last year, even with the decimated O-line, that he could get it done um, you know, in the passing game as well. So that's huge as far as giving him a safe floor and higher upside. Um, like I said, RB4 is where he finished last year, both in total points and points per game. And, uh, yeah, I just I don't see any reason why uh, – you know, he's not going to finish as a top five guy this year. He's incredibly durable. Um, yeah, and still, you know, was very effective last year. So uh, I put him at RB4. Uh, Bijan Robinson does come in at RB5 for me. And, you know, again, we've seen uh, rookie running backs come in and do before with Zeke and Saquon. Um, there are just you know, a lot of really good veterans out right now in the running back position. So uh, that is what causes me to have Bijan just a little bit lower. But still, top five for a rookie is uh, historically good. And uh, I think he's going to live up to that. He's going to get a lot of touches. 
He's an incredible talent, uh, best running back to come out in a long time. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch him when he plays. So I uh, put him at RB5, and uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to come in at RB6 for me. Um, yeah, I don't love the situation he's in with the, um, you know, with the front office and his team and everything. He wants to get traded and all that stuff. And, you know, apparently he's still rehabbing the injury a little bit, trying to get back to, you know, just his full self. But, um, yeah, there's still, you know, it doesn't appear to be a reason to doubt his status for week one. And, uh, yeah, you know, just some of those concerns, that's the reason he's down here. Otherwise, I'd have him above Bijan and, you know, maybe even above Henry. But, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, just the talent he possesses, he's already he's already gone over 2,000 yards um, once already in his short career, and uh, there's nothing to say he can't do it again. So, um, yeah, I have him at RB6 for that upside and just the safety he provides because when he's on the field, he's, he's going to get yards and he's going to provide you at least a safe floor. So um, still have him at RB6. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we have two guys in that same tier, just in a slightly different order. Um, you know, I'll get into Jonathan Taylor. I think I'm just a little bit more scared off from the situation than, than you are at this time. And, you know, um, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when I, when I get into my tiers here, but go ahead and get into your next three here. It is your turn to get into the seven through nine. Yep. So at number seven, I've got Saquon, um, yeah, had a great bounce back year last year. So a lot of the reasons you mentioned why he's uh, you know a great candidate this year, but finishes RB five. So yeah, I don't think that's out of the question either. But you know, adding in Bijan and uh, you know what I expect Nick Chubb to do that pushes him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, Saquon at seven. Uh, I have Josh Jacobs at eight. Yeah, the situation with him isn't good either, and I don't like that he's not with the team and all that stuff. But when he is with the team, he is a guy that gets a heavy workload and is very good with it so um he's finished in the top 12 i think three years running and obviously last year was um what rb3 overall so um yeah he can definitely outplay this but just um, some uncertainty with the team it does seem like they've um you know got a little bit more trust in zamir white this year so he probably will snag a little bit more touches just to keep uh jacobs fresh but um yeah still have him at rb8 and then Tony Pollard, I've got him at RB9. I think Pollard, you know, I think he outdid this last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he, he finished RB9 last year. So, yeah, no more Zeke there. And uh, the RB competition, you know, I love what Deuce Vaughn has shown in the preseason and all that, but he's still, you know, a very tiny man and is definitely not, you know, the same kind of goal line threat and threat for touches that Zeke was. So, uh, yeah, Pollard, you know, uh, I honestly – Felt like I had him too low at nine, but uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of really good running backs uh, this year. So, and there hasn't been a whole lot of injuries. We talked about that before the podcast. So knock on wood, it stays that way. We know it won't, but, um, you know, so far a lot of these big names are still here. So push them down a little bit, but um, Pollard's a name I'm really interested in this year. So he's finishes at nine. Oh man, damn it. We are agreeing way too much here. Um yeah, so I have Josh Jacobs at seven. Um, this is kind of my tier of, well, t- two of the three players are just, you know, the uneasy situations. Josh Jacobs at seven. I have Jonathan Taylor at eight. Um, it's just, I feel like, you know, Jonathan Taylor with a trade situation, you know, that's such a big gamble. Like it could, there maybe there's some situations I could see where it's, great but there are situations like you know dalvin landed with Brees or zeke landing with ramondre where it's like you know he lands with it or or charbonnet landing with walker where you know it kind of 
there's two elite backs and and it kind of you know takes the elite upside away from from one another um with josh jacobs obviously it's you know he might just sit out and you know maybe who knows how far how far he's going to take it i doubt he will sit out the whole season but especially if they aren't you know doing well you know mid-season i can totally see josh jacobs you know oh my shoulder hurts or whatever and you know just kind of sitting out so he can you know go go to his next team next year so um I, you know, there's just a little bit of bad juju, bad vibes. Neither one of them seem to super want to be in their situation, but they're going to be expected to have a heavy workload. And that doesn't always, you know, end well, but uh, definitely two elite running backs. And if they are going to be on the field, uh, you can probably get them at values. Um, Cause yeah, I would definitely have both of these guys higher um, if they weren't in these weird situations. So at seven, I have Josh Jacobs, eight, I have Jonathan Taylor. One thing I will say about Jonathan Taylor it's a new situation, new coach, all that, but also, you know, he was a big disappointment even while on the field last year. Um, I do think Shane Steiking will have uh, a much better, you know, scheme and offense and, and Anthony Richardson will probably increase his, um, will increase Jonathan Taylor's efficiency, but he could also take away some of the goal line carries and touchdown upside. So, and, you know, if, if he's as bad as, uh, Nate, you know, says he is, then, you know, it might not be an offense that's moving the ball a lot either. So, um, I, uh, you know, have some concerns about that, but still, you know, there's definitely a world where Jonathan Taylor plays all year and finishes as the RB one RB two. And, you know, you're getting him at a much, at a, at a great value there. And then lastly, I have Tony Pollard. So we have the exact same, you know, players, exact same, t- uh, top nine, just in a slightly different order. No real outliers. I don't know if we have a player more than like two spots apart. So, uh, that's a little boring. Sorry guys, but we just really see the, the, the running back similarly so far, but I have a feeling that we're going to start going into the wild West here shortly. Um, so I'll go ahead and, uh, start uh, just a couple words on Tony Pollard. Um, definitely it feels a little weird having him, um, at where he finished with Zeke there without Zeke, like he probably will finish higher than that. But that being said, you know, guys like Derek Henry got injured in the middle of the season. Bijan Robinson wasn't there. Um, you know, so there's, there's just a couple of, uh, you know, guys that, you know, you have to account for, but you know, that being said, wouldn't be surprised if he outperforms this, uh, he's in the, one of the few, uh, situations that really feels like there's no ambiguity, uh, and there's not a lot of, you know, elite talent to share the workload. So anyways, uh, going in through my last three running back ones for 2023, I'm going to have Mr. Najee Harris at 10, um, Nashi's a really weird one. He had a great rookie year last year was super inefficient and looked bad. Apparently he had like a hurt foot or, um, and, um, you know, that, uh, contributed to a good part of that, but I want to believe that's what it is. And it's not, it's not just an excuse. And, you know, he wasn't super efficient his first year either, but also he was playing behind like the worst offensive line and they've done pretty, a pretty good job of upgrading that and making it, you know, at least a average mid tier offensive line. So, um, you know, hopefully this is the year he can kind of go back to his rookie year. I don't think he's going to be catching as many passes as he did his rookie year with a uh, big Ben, uh, being, you know, a, a senior man and his final season. So, um, yeah, but I still like Najee Harris as RB one. I feel pretty confident that, that he has that upside and, uh, his floor is probably not too much lower, like a high end RB two. Um, at number 11 is going to be my first guy that's been shaken up here recently. That was kind of hard to 
know exactly where to put him, but I am going to have Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, Bill Belichick seems to always produce super fantasy relevant back, fantasy relevant running backs, even when they are in a committee system. And I think Ramondre Stevenson is one of the more talented backs that he's had, um, in that system in a while. So, um, I, uh, you know, think it's, he's really going to eat this year. Obviously Zeke is going to take away some of the touchdown upside and, um, you know, be a little bit of a thorn in our side. I had, I saw people have him ranked as high as like two and three RB two and three before the Zeke landing. Then I think that would have been way too high even before Zeke landed there. But, you know, I probably would have had him, uh, you know, above, um, probably even Pollard at nine, uh, you know, with the Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, obviously the weird situations, but he would have been right there with them. Uh, but you know, Zeke did make me downgrade him a little bit to 11 and here at 12, I'm going to have Mr. Travis Etienne. He's going to come in as my last RB one for the year. Um, Tank Bigsby did land there gonna, you know, possibly eat into his workload, but I still think that, um, you know, Travis Etienne's one of the more talented running backs in the league. Uh, he's a great runner. He's a great pass catcher. One of the most explosive running backs that can break off 60 yard rushes. And let's, you know, always remember that him and, you know, Trevor Lawrence came into the league playing the all, all four years at, uh, Clemson together. Or was it four years or three years? I think they both came back for their, or no, ETN came back as his senior year, yeah, but, but, yeah. Uh, but Lawrence Lawrence was three. So anyways, you know, played most of their college careers together. So, uh, you know, they're, they're always going to have that connection. And uh, I think that um, it'll serve as uh, both the safety valve and also kind of an elite downfield pass catching option. Um, even when Tang Bigsby is in at running back, uh, you know, ETN can be there in the slot uh, and can do a lot of other things. So uh, anyways, my tier here is going to be actually the, all three of these guys are from the same class. I'm just realizing that, but Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson and Travis ETN um, all from the 2020 running back class. Is that right? Um, yes. Cause that was yes. the, COVID, that was the first COVID year. Cause there was no uh, combine that year. Yeah, it yeah, threw a so, monkey wrench in quite a few things, including yeah, my Kenny Gainwell measurements. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, and that's, when, that's when we started the podcast because yeah. it was driving us mad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so uh, so anyways, yeah, all from the same <laughs> class: Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Travis Etienne are going to round out my RB ones. So uh, go ahead and uh, round out your RB ones for us, Nate. Uh, yep. Like you said, this is where we get interesting. And, uh, you were like, Oh, we've, we've been too similar so far. I was like, don't you worry. I'm going to mix it up here soon, buddy. And that's because at number 10, I'm sticking with my man, Cam Akers at 10. Uh, I've said it before. I think he's going to have an RB one season this year. You know, again, injuries can happen to any of these guys. It's happened to him before, like a lot of them, but, um, you know, the last we saw of him, he looked fantastic. He was the RB four over the final six games of last season, uh, over the final eight games, he was RB eight. So that's not a small sample size. And, uh, he has earned nothing but praise from Sean McVay. They have done nothing to give him any meaningful competition in the running back room. He's going to have the vast majority of touches to himself, like he did at the end of last year. Uh, and he, is absolutely shredded at uh, camp. I know that's a, you know, whole, you know, yearly thing, but dude, he's at least over 220 pounds. Like he's the biggest he's ever been. And he was 217 when he weighed in at the combine, like he is huge. So um, yeah, acres, he's building up for a heavy workload. Uh, they've you know mentioned that already. And 
he's going to get it. And I think he's talented enough to take advantage of it. So RB10 is where I have him. I understand there's some risk with him and that he hasn't done it yet. So obviously that's why he isn't higher than, you know, RB4, which is what he did over the final six games. Um, but still, I, I do think a low end RB1 is uh, perfectly reasonable take. I know that's way higher than consensus, but you just wait. It's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, Aker, no. go ahead. Okay. Oh yeah, you've been consistently in on on Cam Akers, and I really have, hope it happens for you this year. Because, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe you'll still stand 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 on the boat if not. But you know, I mean, look, it's not like you've been you know consistently wrong as far as his performance on the field. It's just for fantasy, you know. Hopefully, it'll it'll finally work out, and his you know elite stint will happen in a fantasy relevant. Uh, time period is is basically all we need to make happen here so uh so yeah no i like it i like you calling your shot and sticking to your guns but anyways you got a couple more guys in the tiers sorry to jump in yep and he sure helped me in fantasy last year when he won me a championship so um yeah moving on number 11 uh aaron jones uh this guy he just keeps having rb1 season one after another they're going to be a run heavy team this year and uh, yeah, Aaron Jones, he's consistently underrated each year in the draft, but uh, he normally outperforms his draft position. I don't expect this year to be any different. So um, yeah, I have him at RB11. And then Najee Harris, I have him at RB12. Um, you know, love a lot of the positives you mentioned. I like they added Broderick Jones, the tackle out of Georgia. Um, obviously, great run blocking uh, tight end and uh, Darnell Washington as well. So uh, they're building up some beef on that O-line. So I really like that. But, um, you know, Najee, he is a volume guy. He's, you know, he, even in his rookie year, he required on a heavy volume to get, you know, you know over 1,700 yards, which is a great season. But, um, you know, when you are inefficient and, you know, another running back comes in and can do what you do, but maybe something's better. You know, Jalen Warren is really good out of the backfield and it's probably a bit more explosive than Najee is. Um, Najee's still going to be the workhorse, still getting a lot of touches, but um, just, you know, the fact that he does require on that heavy volume, if he doesn't get it or if he does get nicked up or something and can't handle that workload, um, that's when you kind of really see diminishing returns. So uh, that's what pushes him down a little bit for me, but uh, still makes the RB1 list at 12. All right. Yeah, I like that for sure. So we got one of the same guys here, but we're starting to get a little different. So at least we don't have the exact same top 12 or at least the you know same guys in the top 12 in a different Ooh. order. So, um, yeah, so uh, we'll go ahead and recap our top 12s. Uh, mine's uh, number one, Christian McCaffrey, number two, Austin Eckler, number three, Nick Chubb. Uh, that is uh, the same for us. And then it uh, starts to get a little different here at uh, number four for me is Bijan Robinson. Five is Saquon Barkley. Six is Derrick Henry. Seven is Josh Jacobs. Eight is Jonathan Taylor. Nine, Tony Pollard. Ten, Najee Harris. Eleven, Ramondre Stevenson. And twelve, Travis Etienne. Uh, any crazy, I guess nothing really that you that you'd say is crazy there that that this stands out to you uh before you get into your your top 12 yeah nothing too crazy um you know i do have etn a decent bit lower than you do but um but uh yeah other than that you know we don't and obviously i'm higher on acres than i know you are but uh yeah other right, than that right. i think we're i'm assuming you have aaron jones coming up here you know somewhat shortly um, you would assume correct so yeah no definitely uh yeah i'd say uh i guess uh Yep, you go ahead. Etn, Etn, and 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 Acres are the are big standouts. So, but go ahead and recap your top twelve. Nope, yep. So uh, number one for me is McCaffrey. We agree on that. And two and three, which is Eckler and Chubb. I have Derrick Henry at number four. Uh, B. John Robinson at five, six. Jonathan Taylor, seven. Saquon Barkley, 
eight, Josh Jacobs, nine, Tony Pollard, 10, Cam the Man Akers, uh, 11, Aaron Jones, uh, who has finished in the top 12 at running back each of the last four years. I haven't checked the fifth yet, but uh, yeah, he's he's incredibly consistent. And 12, I have Najee Harris. All right, nice. So um, do you want to get into your next three here for 13 through 15? Well, I believe I started us off, so uh, why don't you take this? Okay, we can swap up, yeah. Okay, okay. So at number 13 here, I am going to have Mr. Aaron Jones, so you called it. It's not too far off. Uh, He's finished his uh, RB10 last year, I believe. Eight. Um, Eight, yeah, even more impressive. He's always seems to be underrated. Everybody always thinks, oh, this is going to be the year that A.J. Dillon is going to overtake him. I just don't think that A.J. Dillon is – as talent, I, I think AJ Dillon's talented, but I just don't think he's, you know, the type of game changer that Aaron Jones is. And nobody thinks that's the case because Aaron Jones was a fifth round pick and AJ Dillon was a second round pick. So, you know, that stays stuck in our mind. But, you know, on the field, I just, I think, uh, you know, until Aaron Jones' talent descends and drops off, um, I think it's going to be Aaron Jones. So, um, Aaron Jones at number 13 for me. Number 14, I have a guy that feels a little risky, but at the same time, seems like he's going to play. Seems like he's in one of the best situations, so I'm not going to knock him too much, but it is Joe Mixon at 14. Um, If he's going to be the Bengals RB1 all year, he's probably going to be an RB1. So having him here at 14, I mean, you know, with a couple of injuries, that would push him in there. So, uh, you know, last year he was an RB1. Uh, I believe he was the year before that. So um, he's, you know, it took him a while to really become the consistent elite back, but he's kind of proven over the past years in the situation with Joe Burrow that he's a back you want to have. And I think uh, there's a couple of weird legal situations, including his like sister shooting a gun at some kids and, <laughs> um, you know, some other stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's anything. That's allegedly, necessarily... allegedly, we have to throw that right. in. Allegedly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't know if it's anything that's going to keep him off the field, but I know there was some, you know, recent updates or you know news that they came out uh regarding some of those situations well, so, we had one um, case of like aggravated menacing that he that just got he brandished like, a gun he brandished yeah, a gun, yeah. right. again allegedly but he was ruled as not guilty for that so at least that problem has gone away now um mm-hmm. yeah I, i'll get into joe mixon i agree if if he you know plays for the Bengals all year long and is you know their guy um you know he's probably gonna finish as an rb1 but you also never know when he's going to do something stupid next and, um, you know, get himself in some trouble off the field. Yeah, not exactly a character I love to root for, but, you know, I do feel like uh, RB14, you're probably getting him at a little bit of a value there. So that's as low as I can have him. And at RB15, I'm still going to have a man, you know, I still have Bree, uh, Ramondre in the top 12. So Brees is going to be in the top 15 here. I do, I think he's a better running back than Dalvin Cook is today. That being said, Dalvin Cook is a damn good running back. So, you know, I don't know exactly what the split's going to be. It could be that Rodgers favors, you know, uh, uh, Dalvin. What I suspect is that them signing Dalvin, them signing Dalvin allows Brees to like not have to come in and, you know, take 20 carries a game right away coming back from his injury. Um, you know, I suspect that at the beginning, uh, you know, Dalvin will will get a good workload, and I think he will throughout the year. But I think as the year progresses, Brees will uh, assume the 
quote unquote RB one role in that offense. And I think that'll be a very valuable role. Um, he's a great pass catcher. Uh, he was the best patch pass catcher, uh, you know, uh, in the league before he got injured last year, as far as running backs go, of course. Um, so, um, yeah, he can really do everything. I wanted to have Brees in my top 12 just because I'm such a big Brees fan. And he would have been probably top, you know, uh, seven or eight uh, without the, the the Dalvin Cook signing. Uh, but with the Dalvin Cook signing, he is pushed down pretty significantly for me here to 15. But um, I still feel like that's where I had him last year. Uh, actually, it was 15. And uh, he was averaging the RB5 uh, before he, you know, got injured. Uh, and so, um, you know, definitely where I had him last year, I still could have had way more room to have, uh, you know, more be more excited to have more upside on him. And I feel like a little bit that way this year. But, of course, the Dalvin Cook signing does scare me off a little bit and just forces him outside of my top 12 sadly so uh 13 joe mixon for i'm sorry 13 aaron uh, jones 14 joe mixon 15 Brees Hall. yeah um you know Brees will be a little bit of a difference for us so we'll have to get into that a little bit later um you know i will say he you know he was not the best pass catching running back at the time he got injured uh mccaffrey and austin eckler had him beat by a pretty damn good margin um so, yeah, I mean, even in his yards per game, he averaged like I 31 think... receiving yards per game. Like McCaffrey averaged like 43 over the over the year. So, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And maybe it was like um, yard per catch or some some stat he was leading the league. But okay, you, you might be correct. And, and hey, if the only guys he's behind is Eckler and McCaffrey, I'm, I'm perfectly. Yeah, well, those are the two that I like knew immediately off my head were definitely. And uh, I looked it up and confirmed. But, but yeah, no, I mean, Brees, that's one of his strengths coming out of college was he's a fantastic pass catcher and he was doing a good job of that. I think one of those was like a very long, like 80 yard screen play that made up like a third of his receiving yardage over that seven game span. So, um, but still impressive. Uh, I will get into him later. Uh, I'll start off uh, my list at 13 with Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, you kind of said it all with them, but last year, I mean, he finished, I think is the RB seven, um, had a fantastic season, obviously more competition this year, especially, I just think Zeke is such a monster at the goal line. And that's what he was even good at last year when he you know struggled and was playing through some injuries. Um, he's still really good at the goal line has double digit touchdowns. So I think you're going to look at that again this year and Ramondre, honestly, um, you know, analytically was not good at the goal line of the last two years. So he's struggled in that situation. So I think that's one reason they got Zeke. So Ramondre still has a lot of PPR upside, upside, but um, yeah, he is going to struggle, I think, to get uh, the touchdowns that we were kind of hoping for before that signing. So that's what pushes him down to 13 for me. Uh, Joe Mixon comes in at 14. Um, just, yeah, he finished last year at RB 11. Um, you know, some you know, concerns that, you know, he might get himself into trouble some way. So pushed him down a little bit for me. Also, just I think some of the guys above him have a little bit more upside than him and have done it, you know, year in, year out if they haven't. So like, you know, Game Akers obviously hadn't done that, but I think he has more upside and, you know, what they can do this year. So we'll have to see. Um, but Mixon, he's at 14. He's probably a value at that spot. Um, but at 15, I have my rookie rb1 that i love so much from last year and that is kenneth walker uh walker is still a fantastic running back obviously you know, was runner-up offensive rookie of the year last year um 
elite player. And so I think he's still going to be the guy. He's, you know, obviously already had a year in that offense from the reports we're hearing. He is still the RB one in this offense. Um, you know, I think Charbonnet is definitely going to have some value and, you know, we may or may not get into that later, but um, yeah, I, I still think Walker is going to be the guy, especially this year. And uh, I think he is an elite game breaker. So um, having him as a high end RB two, I'm ecstatic about that. So, uh, you know, if you can get him at 15, I think that's good value. So that's where I have him. And uh, yeah, that's 13 through 15 for me is Ramondre, Joe Mixon and Kenneth Walker. I love it. We have the same area. I mean, I had Ramondre a little bit earlier and you had Aaron Jones a little earlier, but you know, yep. pretty much the same tier, except for, you know, we're still battling out over Brees Hall and, and Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker. And to be honest, it felt like I had uh, one, not necessarily for the long term, but for this year, at mm-hmm. least because, you know, uh, once Charbonnet landed there, it just looked like Brees was in such a better situation, but now with the Dalvin Cook landing, you do have an gotcha. argument. But I do still think uh, at the end of the day, Priest will prevail, uh, provided everybody stays healthy. But uh, that being said, still rooting for 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 uh, Walker. Not too much further down on him than you, but um, uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. But go ahead and uh, give us your sixteen through eighteen. Yep. So the rest of my uh, you know top half RB twos. At 16, I've got Miles Sanders. I think he's in for a fantastic year. He's clearly the best running back in his backfield, and they were able to run the ball very efficiently last year with the Panthers, so um, they paid him a good chunk of money. And, um, yeah, the only running back that was a free agent this year that made more money than him was Dalvin Cook with his latest one-year contract. So, um, you know, obviously not more money overall, but more on a per-year basis. So Miles Sanders, they're trusting him a lot, and uh, I think they're going to use him a lot. He was great last year. Um, you know, I say great, but, you know, as an RB2, he was, he was perfectly fine. So I think you can look to an even better season this year. He finished as RB15 last year. So, um, yeah, even better than where I have him ranked here, and uh, he has the talent to be an RB1. So um, get him at 16. At number 17, I have Travis Etienne. And uh, look, this isn't a knock on Etienne. I, you know, this is actually exactly where he finished last year was RB17. Um, The thing is, he has more competition this year. Tank Bigsby is better than the shell that of James Robinson that they had for a few games and then no one else behind that after they got rid of Robinson. So, um, you know, Tank Bigsby's no joke, especially at the goal line. Like that is an area where Travis Etienne has struggled for a long time. He's not you know, a great power in between the tackles, you know, just busted in for the touchdown type of guy. So I think take is going to take that role and be taking uh, valuable touches away from him. So, um, you know, honestly, ETN also struggles a little bit out of the backfield and tank is very good at that as well. So it's not a sure thing that he's going to have all the, you know, receiving back work. So, um, yeah, that kind of stuff is what pushes ETN down to 17 for me. Again, this is where he finished last year. I think he has more competition this year, but the offense overall should be better. Um, so he kind of just stays in the same spot for me. And uh, then at number 18, I'll have another young RB, uh, Damian Pierce, who before he got hurt last year was absolutely fantastic and even more fun to watch because he just mauled through dudes. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like watching a little bit of Marshawn Lynch mixed with like uh, the greased up deaf guy from Family Guy. Uh, He would just slip through defenses and uh, yeah, it was really good to watch. So uh, he was on a shitty team, but he played really well. And one thing that team does have now is a, They've, they spent a lot of money and invested a lot of uh, resources in that offensive line. They have a good offensive line of the Texans uh, should have much better quarterback this play play this year, more receiving weapons. So it's an offense that should be scoring more points. 
Um, but yeah, I, I loved what I saw to Damian Pierce last year and in college. And uh, I think getting him as your RB2 is, um, you know, you're, you can really smile upon that. So got him at 18. And uh, yeah, any thoughts on that, sir? Nope. Uh, again, um, it's not going to be too different here. We got one name different in this tier, but, uh, you know, uh, another one of these tiers where we're seeing things pretty similarly because at 16, I also have Miles Sanders. This is the cutoff for me. Maybe you can go one or two more deep, but of like, um, you know, I feel very confident, you know, that these guys are going to have a major role and be getting enough touches each game that I'm not going to have to worry about it. Not to say that there's not other guys here that, you know, I feel like that'll happen most games, but I feel like the question marks start right here. But Miles Sanders is kind of the last of the, you know, you are a workhorse, uh, you know, the last of the Mohicans in that way, uh, in my rankings, in my eyes. Um, and so um, I really like him this year. Um, I don't know that the Carolina Panthers are going to be very good. So I think uh, his offense is kind of going to, you know, keep him from reaching his full potential. But, um, you know, that being said, he was in such a committee uh, with the Eagles that, you know, that maybe the difference in his his workload and he had a really, really good season last year and uh, his rookie year as well had a couple of mediocre seasons in between. But I think he can, you know, trend more towards his good seasons and less towards mm. his mediocre seasons in his situations with uh with the Panthers there. So I like, I like a situation. I also have him at 16 with Nate at 17. I'm going to have a guy that I just feel consistently higher on. He's RB 26 in consensus still, despite the fact that he's going to be playing in this next preseason game, despite me incorrectly saying he played in the last one. And that is Javante Williams. Uh, I was a big fan of this prospect. I think Nate was even a little bit higher of a uh, fan of him as a prospect, as far as I think, uh, you know, you had him as your RB2 in the class. Um, his rookie year, he showed out. He showed that he can be both in between the tackles runner, a goal line runner, and a pass catching back. And he had a lot of uh, uh, passes caught. Uh, had a couple of good games uh, last year. I think he got injured in like week three or four uh, pretty early in the season. So we didn't really get to see anything uh major sustained but i do think that in sean payton's offense one thing that sean payton consistently does is has elite running back uh, output and he also has the running backs be a big part of the passing game that's something that's consistent uh throughout uh his offensive schemes uh through the years with the saints and in other places he's been so um for me I really feel good about Javante this year. I understand coming back from the injury. Maybe he'll start off a little slow. Maybe there's risk for re-injury. I understand all these things, but assuming those things don't happen, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, I feel like I, where I have him ranked is factoring the risk because I don't see how he's not a top 12 back if he's, you know, not healthy all year and, and, and not the normal Javante Williams, assuming that he comes back as the same guy. Um, you know, I really think that, um, having him at 17 feels a little low for me, but his consensus RB 26. So I'm much higher than consensus. So, uh, Damian Pierce comes in at 18 to round out this tier for me. I think you also had him at 18. Uh, I'd paired a lot of the same things you said, uh, great runner. Um, you know, they did bring in Devin Singletary. Singletary is not super great, but I do think he'll have a, a, a enough of a workload to be annoying. Uh, and, you know, I hope that Damian Pierce can be a little bit more of a pass catcher. I think, you know, just a first and second down running back kind of feels like 
what he might develop into, which is fine, which is great as long as you're getting touchdowns. But, you know, some of those guys can become touchdown dependent without. And he did have some pass catching work. It wasn't completely negligible, but it wasn't um, as high as I'd like it to be. And I think that's what he needs to really like rocket himself up uh, to to some of these other, um, you know, higher levels. But mid-tier RB2, feel confident in that. So I got Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, and Damian Pierce as 16, 17, 18. Yeah, um, one guy we are going to have a fairly large difference on is Javante. Um, but it's like, I still love the guy. It's not, there are just a lot of really talented running backs that some of them, you know, just are in still in good situations, but aren't coming back from a major injury. So that's kind of what's pushed him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I still love a lot of what you said about him. But uh, yeah. in the past, you've been quite forgiving of major injuries, if I recall correctly. I do, but like his most of the time, statistically, it's not the first year back from a knee injury like he had is not great. So that's, you know, what causes me to push him down a little bit more than, you know, if I had him, Mm -hmm. if he was fully healthy, yeah, he'd be way higher up this list, obviously. But also, I, you know, I think Samaj P. Ryan is better than the corpse of Melvin Gordon. So I think, you know, he's going to get, especially as far as pass catching work, like he's probably going to be the go-to guy for that role. So, um, See, I mean, yeah, Samaj Appearance, you talk about a thorn his side. He's way more of a concern than Devin Singletary, I assure you. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, that is one difference that we do have. Uh, and then, yeah, Miles Sanders, I also think just one thing to point out is like he's, you know, Bryce Young's probably not going to be doing too many tush pushes into the end zone and like putting his slim body through all that you know like Jalen Hurts does all the time so I do think uh goal line work Miles Sanders will you know obviously they're not going to be scoring the same amount of touchdowns as the Eagles but a higher percentage of those touchdowns should be going to him because it's less of a committee and you know he doesn't have Jalen Hurts stealing him so um just two things I want to point out there um I I honestly do not remember is it your turn or my turn um, I believe it's my turn. Uh, okay. so I will get into a tier of two guys you're going to like, and one guy you're going to hate. So, uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's see if you can figure it out. Uh, but for me, the first one starts out with Mr. K makers at 19. Um, Hey, you're higher yeah. than consensus. I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Yeah. You've talked to me. You, I think I've just been hearing the propaganda for you long enough that I like, you know, whatever I'll, I'll, Put him a little bit higher the consensus, and I see the upside. Uh, for me, it's just, and it's not that I don't think he doesn't have the talent. It's not that you know any of that. It's just you know the fact that he hasn't been you know a top fifteen RB even you know as a finished complete season. Um, you know, just just makes me feel like it's it's a little bit bold to to rank him in the top twelve. But I'm glad that you have that boldness, and I'm glad that you have something that stands out in your rankings. And you know, I think. Top 15, if he stays healthy, is is pretty feels pretty good. It's just the only thing I have him at 19. I don't the Rams just feel like a mystery box this year. Like they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were one of the worst teams in the league last year. Like, is it gonna be something in between? Is it gonna be, you know, one way or the other? It just they feel like they're one of the biz, biggest mystery boxes. And uh, you know, if they are one of the worst offenses again, and of course that was after several injuries. Uh, oh. But if they if they are one of the worst offenses again, definitely, you know, Cam Akers, even if he is on the field all year, could, you know, not be able to uh, fulfill the the potential that, uh, you know, his follow, his fans like you would like to see. So um, at 20, I'm going to have Mr. Jameer Gibbs. 
definitely an upside call, but look, the man was picked 12th. Um, going to have a big pass catching role. I know there's another guy, obviously David Montgomery that I also have in my top 36. Um, you know, I think that they'll, they'll both be very fantasy relevant. Uh, but I do think Jameer Gibbs has uh crazy high upside. Um, if we go off of, you know, draft capital alone, which isn't, you know, isn't the best thing alone to go off of, uh, the, but I mean, anybody that's been drafted anywhere close to him is immediately a major, major factor, um, as a rookie at the running back position. So, um, you know, I think that we can expect, uh, a very nice workload, even if it's, you know, eight to 10 carries starting out. I think it'll be enough, you know, four to five catches a game, hopefully uh, can be enough to make him, you know, 15, 20 points per game. And if he gets a touchdown, possibly more. So uh, um, I like him. I liked him as a talent. I liked him as a prospect. His situation in draft capital ended up being way better than even I expected. And I was, you know, a, a pretty high on him. Uh, but uh, I think that's going to result in, uh, a lot of fantasy valuable situations right out of the gate. Uh, so uh, at 21, I'm going to have Mr. Kenneth Walker. Um, for me, Charbonnet is just another guy that I have in the top 36. I really, really like Charbonnet as a prospect. Um, I think Charbonnet is a better pass blocker and a pass catcher. So that's the big thing with Walker is he is an elite runner, but you know if he's just that first and second down running back and Charbonnet is, you know, catching the passes and has potential to maybe not be the main goal line back, but even if he gets 40% of the goal line work, uh, you know, that's going to be a big problem for Kenneth Walker. So that's, that's my big concern. I don't really know which way to go. I mean, if you told me, I would put it at like maybe 20% that Charbonnet outscores him in fantasy out of the gate you know, 20%. So, I mean, that's 80% still in uh, Kenneth Walker's favor, but you know, that's how, how good I feel about uh, Charbonnet and what he can do in this offense. So it'll be really interesting to see how that split turns out, but um, definitely Kenneth Walker showed that he's one of the best runners in the league. And hopefully that can uh, turn into fantasy, uh, you know, elite fantasies uh, potential and um, you know, get him higher than where I have him ranked here at 21. Uh, yep, and uh, probably should have mentioned at the start, but uh, he is back at practice as well after having a groin injury, so he's back as a full participant there. So that is some news in favor of Kenneth Walker. Um, yeah, I you know look, you and I view Zach Charbonnet very much the same way. I mean, I had him, I, I still have him as the RB two in his class. I think the world of his talent, um, but he is you know a year behind. He is a rookie, and Kenneth Walker was you know in my opinion a better prospect especially as a pure runner coming out so i think he is going to be the go-to guy to start especially to start the season um charbonnet is definitely gonna have some standalone value no doubt in my mind but uh yeah i just think what what he showed last year walker i, I give him the edge to just get a little bit more touches than um you're, you're predicting but uh i also you know just think it's a team that's going to run the ball and probably be top five in rushing yardage that's you know it's going to be more than one running back getting a lot of that work so um, you know, they, they like to run the ball, this team. So, uh, be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, don't have a whole bunch of arguments, you know, Gibbs, of course, we've kind of had a little bit of a difference on him. I've got him a little bit lower. Um, but, um, you know, I'm still, yeah, yeah we'll get into it, but, uh, yeah, you know, he, he's not too, too far down. Um, mm. but yeah, I'll just go ahead and finish out, uh, my top here. Yeah, or I think bottom half yeah, of yeah. RB twos. Yeah. 
Uh, so RB19 here. Uh, Damian Pierce was 18 at 19. I have Alvin Kamara. Uh, has a three-game suspension, as we have found out, which was honestly better than I expected. Um, but look, man, when he gets back, he in that preseason game, he looked like the old Kamara to me. He looks explosive. He is fast. He obviously has a whole bunch of potential out of the backfield. And look, last year we all know it was a down year for him, uh, but he also had the ghost of Andy Dalton and a hurt Jameis Winston that was his quarterback and he had some problems and he still finished RB 16 last year. Uh, you know, the year before that he was RB eight and in 2020 he was RB one. So I, I don't know if you're going to get full, you know, drew Brees level Alvin Kamara um, this next year, but I do think Derek Carr is a heavy upgrade over what he's had uh, since drew Brees retired. I think the offense is going to be better as a whole with more touchdowns being scored and um, yeah, you know, K- Kendra Miller, the rookie, he's had some injury problems in the preseason so far. And, um, you know, Jamal Williams is great. and is probably going to play, you know, a little bit of a Mark Ingram type role, you know, getting some goal line touches and stuff like that. But Kamara is still going to be the playmaker of this offense. So I, um, yeah, when he gets back after a three game suspension, I think it's full steam ahead for him as, um, you know, putting up RB1 numbers, if not high in RB2 numbers. So um, that's kind of how I view it. So getting him at RB19, I think, is a really good value. So that's where I have him. Uh, at RB20, I have J.K. Dobbins, who is finally back with the Ravens after some, you know, disgruntlement over, you know, contract, not having a new one and all that stuff, which, sorry, but he hasn't done enough to get a new contract yet. So, um, and he's not going to get one, but he is back with the team and they seem happy to have him. It's not, you know, nearly as contentious as like the Jonathan Taylor situation. And Dobbins is an incredibly talented player. And uh, we saw that even at the end of last year, he started to look like more like his old self. Uh, I believe it was over the last four games, he averaged 100 yards a game. Um, so, yeah, if he can do that over anything close to all season, he's going to far outplay RB20 spot. So um, still, you know, good names here, guys that I'm very happy to have as my RB2 here. So, um, yeah, this is a deep running back uh, class uh, as a whole, as far as just how many veterans you got, how many good rookies and the health of the classes as well. So um, 21 here is Khalil Herbert. This guy I have liked since coming out of college out of Virginia Tech. He is a guy that was underrated. He is big he's strong he's very fast and shifty he's highly efficient with his touches like very highly efficient um and you know david montgomery is obviously no longer there they drafted roshan but um you know khalil herbert got every snap with the ones when they were out there in the preseason game and you know apparently that matches what's been going on in practice as well so i do think he's going to be the rb1 obviously roshan johnson's going to get some work um you know probably a little bit more on passing downs and stuff but, I mean, Khalil Herbert is going to be the go-to guy, and I think he could end up being the workhorse just because of how efficient he is. Um, they might just decide, hey, look, we can't afford to give the ball to someone else because Herbert's going to get us two more yards each time he touches it. So um, that was the kind of ca- case that they had with David Montgomery and him last year. Um, like I said, David Montgomery's no longer there. I believe he finished his RB17 last year. Um, give me a second to look that up. But, uh yeah, I mean, I, I fully believe that uh, Khalil Herbert has the talent to beat that. And I think the offense, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I do think it's going to be better than last year's offense. So, um, yeah, Herbert, he makes the RB2 cut for me at 21. Yeah, damn. So there's two big outliers for, for us there in our rankings uh, in that tier. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and tease them a little bit. Camara uh, and Herbert are de- both uh, a good bit lower for me. 
Um, and I'll get into him uh, fully when when I get to him. But yeah, I feel like Kamara is one of the harder reads. Um, you know, the three game suspension. How much does that mean to you? Are you willing to? You know, for me, it's you know, for my RB two, I don't know if I want to draft a guy that's not going to be there. And of course, you can you know draft good RB threes and fours that you can fill in in the meantime. You know, but it's just uh. Yeah, and, but you know, honestly, probably where he's going to end up going is closer to to where you have him ranked. So, um, but no, very interesting there, um, especially as a fellow Saints hater. But I do feel like it's rational. So, um, coming in at number twenty two for me to close out my RB twos, I'm going to have a guy that uh, I don't want to tease too much, and I don't want to fully commit to it yet. But he's got strong contention for top dog for Mister Josiah Panter, uh, and it's Mister Rashad White. I feel like Rashad White is in a killer situation. Um, I mean, you know, oh, Baker Mayfield's his quarterback, yada, yada. But, I mean, we see running backs all the time perform in shitty offenses, especially when they get as big as of a workload as I think he's going to get. He's a good pass-catching running back, and I think his target share just increased with the injury of Russell Gage, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, you know, I th- think he's going to be the goal line back. The only competition he really has is, uh, they just drafted Sean Tucker, who, although he was undrafted because of some medical stuff, I, I wouldn't sleep on Sean Tucker. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a fantasy relevant thing in year one. And then they have Chase Edmonds, Kind of veteran running back has had some good days, especially with the Cardinals, but it's been, you know, a couple of years since he's really been too much of a factor. So I just feel like he's got an entire backfield to himself. You know, earlier I said there's the last of the workhorse running backs. I should probably actually give that title to Rashad White. Um, I don't know that that's what's going to happen. Maybe they have some kind of three-headed backfield, but I project that he's going to get the majority of the workload, majority of the goal line carries, uh, be a one through three down running back. And, um, you know, even though the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't super sexy, I think uh, his situation and his talent, I really liked him coming out. Um, he was a third round uh, pick. So um, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to utilize him and, um, you know, he'll he'll have a significant workload this year at 23. I'm going to have JK Dobbins. So that is a guy you had a little bit earlier than me, but um, I don't know how this offense is going to work out. Uh, Todd Munkin in the past has, you know, used multiple backs and the Ravens have used multiple backs. You know, obviously Lamar Jackson is always a threat to take the touchdown in. Uh, but I do think that JK Dobbins should be in line for a career year. And, you know, he's had, you know, a good rookie season uh, and had good games, just has obviously been bitten by the injury bug the past two years. So um, I like JK a lot. I think getting him here at 23 and having him as your RB2 is pretty comfortable, uh, even uh, having him ranked as a late, late round running back. And then here at 24, it's a guy that I've been consistently low on, but I don't know. What is, let's see, his consensus right now is 22. So I'm still a little bit low on him. But for me, oh, James Conner. Um, mm. James Conner is another guy that feels like it's a shitty offense. It's kind of similar to Rashad White, except for I feel like it's even worse. Uh, especially if Colt McCoy is going to be throwing him passes for the majority of the year. Hopefully, uh, Kyler Murray can get there. But, you know, every year that James Conner's been at the Arizona Cardinals, 
it just seems like he eats up all the goal line carries. He gets tons of pass catching. Uh, he's not super efficient, but he gets enough of a workload to kind of be reliable week in, week out. And, you know, at this point, there's a lot of projecting who's going to be reliable week in, week out. But at RB24, I'm sneaking him in as a RB2 because I do feel like he feels a little bit safer than uh, some of the guys below that either haven't done it or are in a little bit more ambiguous situations. Oh boy. Well, can you recap your RB2 list for us after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. So uh, for me coming in at number 13, I have Aaron Jones. At 14, Joe Mixon. 15, Brees Hall. 16, Miles Sanders. 17, Javante Williams. 18, Damian Pierce. 19, Cam Akers. 20, Jameer Gibbs. 21, Kenneth Walker. 22, Rashad White, 23, J.K. Dobbins, and 24, James Conner. I like that. You, you you switched it on me. Last year, I had James Conner ranked higher, and you just you, you wanted nothing to do with the man. And now I had him as my beat. bust running back, yeah, yeah. and he, he proved me wrong, so I learned my lesson. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I just feel safe. It feels like a safe floor running back that, you know, at 24 as an RB2, I can feel comfortable with him. Hey, I, I get it. I probably should have him higher than I do. Um, he finished as RB19 last year and really doesn't have a ton of competition for touches. Um, you know, I guess I just Except think... your boy, uh, what's the guy you like a lot? Uh, Deontay, Deontay Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he is the RB2, so... so Might be a factor. Might but, be a factor. But yeah, I mean, it obviously wasn't last year, but, uh, but yeah, I guess I'm also kind of projecting the offense as a whole to be a little bit worse with, you know, no more Hopkins and Kyler Murray's going to miss a good bit of time, so... Um, but yeah, I'll get into Connor. He, he definitely made the list still, but uh, just a little bit lower. Um, definitely have more differences now compared to our first round, which is to be expected. Um, I'll go ahead and finish out my RB two list. Uh, so at 21, I had Khalil Herbert. Uh, so 22 here, I have Mr. Dalvin Cook at 22. And look, this is just I love Brees Boo. I do. I knew. I was waiting for you to realize, but uh, yeah, uh... he does come in just above Brees. Um, they actually both made it in this little tier here. They're both, I uh, have them listed at RB2s, which we've seen it time and time again every year. Um, two teammates, you know, still finish top 24 RB, um, RBs together on the same team. So I think that's going to happen again. Um, I just, Dalvin, I think is going to put up some RB1 numbers, especially through the first six weeks. He's going to provide a lot of value through there. Um, I did just hear on the fantasy footballers recent podcast them talking about, you know, Brees Hall saying he still has some soreness in his knee and it's still not, you know, fully confident in some of the cuts and stuff like that. And look, they just paid Dalvin seven million guaranteed. Uh, I that is starter type money and they have him for one year and they're trying to win. So there's no reason to rush back your young superstar running back when you have a superstar veteran that is already, you know, he's still a top 10, like real life NFL running back. In my opinion, like he was fantastic again last year, even with some shoulder injury problems. So um, Dalvin's no joke. He obviously the payment says that uh, the NFL still highly values his skill set, and they're going to use him, and they're going to use him a lot, especially at the beginning of the season. I think they're going to slow play Brees. It'll be more and more of a factor as the season goes on, but uh, you know, Dalvin's no joke as a guy. So um, I do have him ranked a little bit higher than Brees at 22. Alexander Madison, his replacement with the Vikings comes in at 23. Uh, this is a guy I really go back and forth on. Like part of me wanted to rank him at 30. And then, you know, I, I see a situation where he finishes a low in RB one. I mean, he's in a fantastic offense with great weapons. 
Uh, I think they're going to pass a little bit more, but, you know, Dalvin Cook has been RB1 year after year in that offense. So I don't think he has that kind of talent, which is why he is where he is, and we haven't seen it yet. Um, but in short spurts, he has shown some some really fantastic, um, you know, fantasy production. So um, Madison was one of the tougher guys to rank for me. So I put him at 23, still in this RB2 category. And then rounding out the RB2s, I do have Brees Hall. He is right here with Dalvin. Um, I just do think this is going to be a one-two punch, even when Brees is back after the, you know, week seven bye. Uh, you know, there's no reason that he's going to get 75% of the touches when they have Dalvin Cook sitting right there on a massive deal. And he's, you know, already probably playing pretty well up to that point. So, um, so yeah, I do think it's going to be a split backfield and just, you know, Brees, he probably will be better at the end of the season than Dalvin. So I don't dispute that. I just think the head start that Dalvin gets from a points perspective and what he does helping you get into the playoff, um, you know, ceiling position early on in the season provides just a touch more value than what Brees does. So it's no hate on your boy. I still love Brees, but uh, he just comes in just below a guy that I also really like in Dalvin. So that wraps up my RB2 list. It is Ramondre at 13, Joe Mixon 14, 15 Kenneth Walker, 16 Miles Sanders, 17 Travis Etienne, uh, 18 Damian Pierce, uh, 19 Alvin Kamara, uh, 20 J.K. Dobbins, 21 Khalil Herbert, 22 Dalvin Cook, 23, Alexander Madison, and 24, Brees Hall. Uh, any strong uh, praise or complaints on that, sir? Yeah, I mean, I guess the only the um, the main one is just Dalvin that's the, the above Brees. But I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying there's not a world where I think it happens. It's just, um, you know, I do think that if I draft Dalvin, I feel like, you know, I'm going to keep him for, you know, week five, six, seven. And then, you know, I'm looking to trade him towards the fantasy trade deadline because I do feel like if not sooner than that, that Brees is going to take over. And when that happens, when I say take over, I take, take over with the majority of the work. Well, and that's the so, thing is like, I view like taking over, like, even if it does get to that point, it's, I think it's going to be like a 50, 60, 40, 45, yeah, at most a 60, 40 split. So, you know, that's right, right. my thought process on it. And I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to like, who gets the touchdowns, who is out there on third down. And really it's probably going to be who does Rogers prefer. So, um, you know, there's, there's factors that play into it that we can't, uh, quantify it this time. So, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers gave up his salary to get Dalvin cook. He's, he's going to want to use the man. Well, that, and when Devon, when Devonte Adams gets traded to, to the jets for that reason as well. But yes, yes. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I definitely feel like consensus, uh, you know, consensus has uh Dalvin cook at RB 30 and Brees Hall at 15. So actually, yeah, it's, it's, Close to where uh, I'm a little bit higher. Well, but uh, a lot of the consensus stuff, especially you know, and I it might take time to catch pros. up. He yeah, just got, he just yeah. got, you know, he he just got, you know, people are still reacting, so that's yeah, fair. Like but, I know the fantasy footballers had him within like three or four spots, you know, and in this kind of range that I had him. So, um, you know, it'll things. be interesting to see where the ADP does shake out because honestly, if it works out to where I don't have to spend super high draft capital on either one, I'd mm-hmm. love to have them both. You know, like it's yeah, a, if it's Dalvin a, is going to rb30 i'm gonna be snatching him up everywhere like yeah yeah absolutely but yeah if i can get you know Brees in the fit for me like where i'd like to get him is like Brees in like the fifth and dalvin in like the seventh or eighth like that mm. would be you know ideal but you know we'll see if draft capital allows that and how they shake out but anyways uh very interesting thing to keep an eye on uh let's go ahead and get into our rb3s here 
Um, and you know what? Why don't we go ahead and start breaking it down by tiers of four just to move it on along yeah. a little faster for these RB3s here? Because yeah, I think we don't we care about these to... guys as much. Uh, well, no, just you know, them. the audience, yeah. you know, I know, I know. We're, we're getting to the not as fun names, but uh, I mean, honestly, there's still a ton of talent here at the in there the is, there spot. is, they're still interesting for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, especially at the top half here, but uh, yeah. At 25, I have David Montgomery. Uh, so I was wrong earlier. He finished 23 last year. Um, he had five touchdowns, and the Bears running backs combined for nine touchdowns last year. He is going to an offense where the Lions running backs combined for 23 touchdowns last year, uh, 17 of which all went to Jamal Charles uh, or Jamal Williams uh, alone. Wow. Uh, yeah, Charles coming back out of retirement. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Hey, look, if it's 17 is impressive for anybody. But uh, yeah, I and I do think that Montgomery is going to be walking into that Jamal Williams type role where he's going to be the preferred, you know, short yardage guy. And that includes goal line situations. So. Um, yeah, I definitely think that's the role he's going to play. And uh, I, that's why I have him ranked higher than Gibbs. Obviously, I haven't ranked Gibbs quite yet. But um, yeah, I've, I've been saying this kind of all offseason that I'd kind of expect David Montgomery to be the better of the two this year. Obviously not long term, but Montgomery is going to have a, you know, a very heavy role at the goal line. And just in general, he's probably going to get more rushing yardage than uh, Gibbs will. I mean, everybody thought taking Jamal Williams over DeAndre Swift last year was, you know, absolutely insanity, but at the end of the year, it wasn't even close. So we'll see how it plays out. But right now I have Montgomery ahead. He's my first RB three off the board. Uh, 26. I have Javante Williams. And this is just a matter of he's, you know, coming off an injury. Like I said, Um, you know, he has a little bit more competition, in that backfield, but uh, obviously Sean Payton has made two running backs uh, very fantasy relevant in the past, and there's no reason to think he can't do it again. But yeah, just some doubts about the knee and you know his, what kind of workload he's going to be able to sustain with that without having any problems or swelling or anything like that. Um, that's what pushes him down for me. But obviously, this is a boomer bust guy that uh, if he hits can really take over. And like you said, he could end up being like a low end RB1. So um so yeah still love the talent but uh, just some concern with injury and stuff there and then jamar gibbs ah, okay good i was making sure i didn't go one too far i guess we're doing four anyway but uh yeah jameer gibbs uh i have him at 27 it just I, again i think he's going to be fine this year but just the expectations around him i think are a bit absurd and look the draft capital i get it comes with it but this is a guy that has never had 200 touches in a season before, at least in college. So I think the expectations for how much of a workload he's going to have this year are a little bit askew. And that's what pushes him down for me. Um, I, you know, Obviously, PPR wise, he's going to have some fantastic games and best ball. I'm sure he's going to rip off some massive plays that get him some big touchdown points. Uh, but on a week in, week out basis, I do think David Montgomery is going to be accumulating those points uh, more consistently. And, um, you know, the touchdowns really make a difference for running backs over a whole season. So, um, yeah, that's the thing with Gibbs, too, is uh, even so far in Lions camp, he's not good in pass protection and he's not really good in short yardage situations. So um, that is going to kind of limit how often he can be put on the field, especially his rookie season. So that's what pushes him down for me. And uh, so that is my first RB3 tier. Oh, I fucking there's a four guy. Um, yep. So 28 for me, uh, extending this out a little bit is Brian Robinson. A guy who's consistently underrated, but he he's the RB1 for the Commanders this year, and I, they love him. I think he is going to be better and more efficient. You know, He really kind of caught on more at the end of last year as he got going. Obviously came back from having two gunshot wounds, one right through his knee. 
Hey, so he's going to have more explosion. He's even talked about that in the preseason stuff, how he is being able to cut better and explode more. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to be more athletic this year. And I really liked what he was able to do in college. He is a versatile player that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Obviously, Antonio Gibson's going to have the majority of that role. He's already kind of said that he's going to play the McKissick role this year. Um, so he'll get the majority of the pass casting work, work, but Brian Robinson can do it and he's going to still get some of that work. And obviously if Gibson misses time, he can get a lot of that work. So, um, also think he's going to be the goal line back. He's better short yarded, uh, runner than Gibson without a doubt. And, um, you know, Chris Rodriguez is fine, but not anywhere close to those two guys, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, Brian Robinson at 28. Uh, so that finally completes this RB3 tier for me. It's Dave Montgomery at 25, 26, Javante Williams, 27, Jameer Gibbs, and 28, Brian Robinson. All right. And for me here, yeah, so you got two pretty bold calls there, just consensus-wise having um, Dalvin over Brees and then uh, Montgomery over Jameer Gibbs. But, you know, to be honest, Jameer Gibbs is uh, 80 – or uh, you know, not ADP, but, uh, you know uh, – expert consensus ranking and ADP actually uh, is pretty close to it. Uh, but is that 16 and his ADP is at 18. So people are drafting him even higher than I have him ranked. And, you know, David Montgomery is way lower than that at 28. So I do think that the gap is closer than, you know, how people see it. Um, I wouldn't quite put David Montgomery over, but again, I wouldn't, nobody would have put uh, Jamal Williams over, you know, DeAndre Swift last year. I don't know if the, you know, the, the situations is necessarily apples to oranges, but, um, you know, I think it, you know, it is possible that that happens. So I like the calls there and definitely going against the grain, um, here at 25, I'm going to have Alexander Madison. He just missed out, uh, of being an RB two, just a little bit of unknown. He's had some really good games, uh, filling in for Dalvin cook, but he's also had some complete duds and has been, you know, pretty much controlled the entire game at times. Uh, so, I don't know if uh, being the the premier back or the lead back on a team is is going to suit him, or if you know he might eat and like you said, complete like finish closer to an RB one than you know I have him as my first RB three. But a lot of uncertainty. Didn't know quite um, you know where to put him. I struggled with him versus James Connor, but I ended up going with the safety of Connor there. So uh, twenty six, I have Dalvin Cook. So. Um, Still a little bit higher than consensus. I mean, obviously, consensus is still probably working itself out. But, um, you know, I think he'll be really good at the beginning of the year. I still think Brees is going to play week one. They're saying that he is. And, I, you know, I don't think that it's like Dalvin Cook is going to get 20 carries and, you know, seven catches. Or it's not going to be his Minnesota Vikings workload from week one or anything. So, uh, in my opinion. So, um, you know, we'll see if that work, that if that happens. So, yeah, I just... um. Having him here as an RB3, I think, feels safe. But, you know, definitely there's upside. And if one of the guys, if, if either Brees or Dalvin Cook gets injured, obviously it's, you know, gold for either one of them. Either one of them would probably rock it into, you know, RB1 status. But, um, you know, for now I have Brees significantly higher. And, you know, um, I'm a little bit closer to consensus. But at the same time, like, that gap is probably going to get a little bit closer. I'm sure there's going to be some people that uh, prefer Dalvin. Uh, and, uh, this whole tier is just the like Dalvin cook and friends, uh, tier. Cause I have Alexander Madison, Dalvin cook. Then I have his little brother, James cook at 27. Um, you know, I feel like he's going to be in a really good situation. They're raving about him in camp saying that he can be a three down back. Me and Nate doesn't necessarily think that he could be a three down back coming out of college, but we've been wrong about players before. And... I still don't think he can. <laughs> 
Well, I, you know, I think he's going to be given the chance to. I think at the very least he's going to be given the chance to. And we'll see if he can or can't. But um, I think that uh, his, you know, role has the potential to be extremely valuable. You know, I understand Josh Allen, even though he is going to rush less, he's still a great battering ram on the goal line. He's going to rush in some touchdowns. But James Cook can run some in from the 10, from the 20. He can catch some. I mean, uh, I think he's going to get enough touchdowns in that high-powered offense to where we aren't complaining about James Cook's touchdowns. So uh, I have James Cook as a high-end RB3. And then at 28, I'm going to have uh, Dalvin Cook's draft classmate, Mr. Alvin Kamara, you have Kamara much higher at 19. I have him at 28. It's just those three games. It's like, you know, every running back has the potential to get injured and miss time. But, you know, with those three games guaranteed, he's going to miss. It just feels like, uh, you know, an RB3 is still, you know, high end RB3 still, you know, spending some good draft capital on him. But I just wouldn't want to spend draft capital on a guy that's, you know, we're guaranteed is going to miss a fourth of the fantasy season. Um, on top of the possible injuries that could come up and and all the other things that could come up. So uh, that being said, I also, you know, Kendra Miller, he had the injury. He's already back at practice. Um, Jamal Williams is there. I also feel like it's going to be a little bit of a three headed backfield. So even when Kamara is there, um, I don't think he's going to be getting the workload that he's had in past years. So um you know, I think that's a, I really like Kendra. I think by the end of the year, Kendra is going to be, uh, going into next year, I think we'll we'll see Kendra as the lead back for the for the Saints, and um, you know, uh, I don't know, a little bit lower on Kamara. That being said, he's been historically great, and every year except last year, you know, he you know was finished as probably a top ten running back most years. So so I totally understand the argument, but uh, and maybe Derek Carr will love to target him and dump it off to him. Um, but you know, I do think the three headed backfield, Jamal Williams obviously feels like he's going to have that goal line work again, you know, doing as well as he did. Uh, and he got paid a lot. Uh, and then, you know, whatever upside Kendra Miller might have just kind of scares me off on top of the three game suspension. But, uh, yeah, that's my tier of four here. Uh, 25, it was Madison, Alexander Madison, 26, Dalvin cook, 27, James cook and 28 Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I gotta be honest. At, at Camara twenty eight is very surprising to me. Um, I, I expected him to be, yeah, at, at least in the top, you know, twenty four. But um, yeah, that is. I wouldn't draft him as an RB two, missing a fourth of the fantasy season for me. Like, I mean, you know, maybe if I can get him as RB three, maybe I can't get him there. Maybe somebody else will draft him. Let's see where he's at. He's at twenty six. So, um, as far as consensus, so, um, I mean, you, you got Brees who like. Are you comfortable starting Brees week one? Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, he's he's practicing. He's. I mean, they're saying he's going to be yeah, there week he, one. I mean, if they say he's not, I have a lot of time to see. You know, what I think they he'll say, be but... there week one. I think he'll get like you know eight touches tops, maybe ten at most. He doesn't need much more than that, bro. But uh, but he, yeah, he I mean, just you know... came off two tears in his knee, like. I hear you. I mean, look, look. Last year you were you were drafting, you know, uh, James Robinson and Cam Akers off of Achilles. So I understand, you know, we we stay on our guys. But you know, for me, uh, I, you know, I feel like you know the injury happened pretty early on. You know, for if anything, you know, Javante Williams, my my faith in him is probably a little bit uh, more risky because his his injury happened later in the season. But I, I honestly don't think it's gonna be that much of an well, issue but I, and i also think part of this is like like unless Kamara has an injury or something like i don't think there's any and i like miller and all that but there's no way kendra is like surpassing Kamara as like 
RB one in this offense. Like, there, there's I mean, no I, way. I hear you. Kamara uh, didn't look like he had the juice that he had in years past last year, and the the RBs fall off really quickly. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if Kamara is still the same guy, and if he's not, he might not be by the end of the year. But you know, we'll see. Big difference there on Mr. Alvin Kamara, and uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it ends up shaking out again. That might be another player where consensus is still kind of shaking out after we recently, you know, two or three weeks ago learned about his three game suspension. So, um, so yeah, that's my tier four Madison cook, cook, er, Madison, Dalvin cook, James cook and Alvin Kamara. So uh, I'll uh, go ahead and get into this next four. I know this is a guy that's not going to be in your top 36. It'll be interesting to see if you have anybody from this team, if I, if you do, I have a feeling I know who it might be, but uh, I'm sticking with my man. Uh, I mean, uh, he's a back end RB three, so I don't know if this is sticking with my man, but he's in my RB threes. It's DeAndre Swift. Um, mm. I think he will be the most valuable uh, Eagles running back. Now, how valuable will that be? I mean, I have him as an RB three, so it's obviously in years past I've had him, you know, as an RB one. So clearly, this is an adjustment, um, but. Um, it looks like Rashad Penny's, you know, role on the team might be in question. So if it is just Gainwell and and Swift, I feel confident Swift can win that battle. If Penny still does make the team, clearly he's not being looked at as the lead back. So um, I feel pretty confident that 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 you know it's a very explosive offense. Uh, a lot of you know the problem is is some a lot of the you know rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns are coming from uh, Jalen Hurts and you know the the like last year Miles Sanders um, you know didn't have a touchdown until I think like week six or something like that. He ended up with a, enough to you know have a good season, but it was a big uh, you know issue for a while. So uh, DeAndre Swift might suffer from the same things, but I do feel like uh, you know. He was brought to the Eagles offense. It looks like his spot is secure. There's no talk of, you know, him on the bubble or him being cut. Uh, him and Gainwell seem to have the most secure footing. And I think both of them will be fantasy valuable, but I do just think that Swift for me is a better talent. Uh, I know Nate disagrees with that, but uh, for me, I'm still going to have DeAndre Swift here as in my uh, RB threes at number 30. I'm going to have Khalil Herbert. And this is one where, you know, I admit I could be wrong here. I've always been a little bit, uh, not as in on Khalil Herbert, uh, even coming in on, as a prospect. Not that I think he's terrible or anything. I just don't necessarily think he's special. That being said, you know, he was the player that's value rocketed up the most after his, you know, 55 plus yard. Uh, it wasn't a screen pass. It was a, you know, Justin Her uh, Fields broke some tackles and got it to him about nine yards uh, deep. But um, I think, you know, that along with his rushing value, of course, is going to be valuable. I do think the other two guys are going to play a little bit more of a factor than than you might, particularly uh, Roshan Johnson. But, you know, even Foreman, I think, you know, showed that he still has some juice uh, last year and he's the only kind of veteran in that offense. I mean, to be fair, you know, Khalil Herbert has been there, but I just mean veteran as, as a player overall. So, um, you know, he might get some goal line work. He might get some short yardage work. Uh, whereas uh, Roshan Johnson, you know, is a good pass blocker, probably a little bit better than Khalil Herbert, I imagine. Um, so, you know, he might be off the field on some third down stuff. So um, a little bit more concerns with Khalil Herbert, but that being said, I see the upside completely for like a mid-tier RB2. I think that's completely possible. But yeah, it's, you know, everybody at this point is upside. It's just they haven't necessarily done it before, and he's just, you know, another example of that. Um, at... 31 i'm gonna have 
my third rookie running back, and that is Mr. Devon A-Chain. The only good news about Dalvin Cook going to Brees Hall or going to the Jets and screwing up my Brees Hall shares is now my A-Chain shares look better. And, you know, there's still some other guys in that offense, and I suspect that right away a guy like Moster or Jeff Wilson will be the more valuable one. Uh, but I think slowly but surely – uh, Devon A. Chain will, you know, become the most fantasy valuable back in a very explosive uh, zone run scheme. And uh, that's exactly where he needed to land. Couldn't have had a better fit. I think he's a special player. I know he's a little bit undersized and Nate doesn't like him as much as I do for that. But I think that, uh, you know, he's in the right scheme and the right offense and the right coaching to um, really, you know, exemplify his talents and, uh, yeah, I think by the end of the year he'll be the he'll be the guy that that, that we all want on that offense. So um, Dev, Devon A Chain comes on it and at thirty one, and then lastly for this tier of four for me, it's finally going to be Mister David Montgomery. Um, have him as a mid tier RB three here. Uh, it's very possible that the same thing. I, I just don't think that the exact same thing that happened with Jamal Williams and and DeAndre Swift. I mean, one thing we aren't factoring it is DeAndre Swift got injured in the middle of the year. So yeah, for sure if one of these guys gets injured, then, you know, the other one's value is going to go way up. But I don't think I'm going to like prescribe, oh, David Montgomery's going to get, you know, 12 plus touchdowns and Jameer Gibbs is never going to, you know, so I think it's going to work out a little bit differently, especially with the draft capital that they put into this coaching staff put into Jameer Gibbs. That being said, David Montgomery is a great rusher. Uh, he can also catch the ball, um, although I think Jameer will definitely be more of the pass catching specialist. Um, and you know, obviously if there was an injury or maybe Jameer Gibbs isn't NFL ready or has problems, you know, the game's too fast for him or whatever, we know that David Montgomery is reliable and can come in and, you know, take, take the workload for a couple of games if he needs to, or more if injury happens or whatever. So feels like a back that's really safe. It's not a handcuff. He has plenty of standalone value, but you know, if, something did happen to Jameer, it feels like maybe besides like Dalvin Cook or, I mean, yeah, for me, that might be, he might be one of the best, like, you know, one, two punch running backs in, in uh fantasy. I feel like he's the top 15 back probably in their Lions offense. If, uh, if he was the only guy there. So, um, so, uh, you know, definitely has a lot of upside for David Montgomery, but I do suspect, obviously I have a higher ranking of Jameer than Nate. So, uh, you know, I do suspect that Jameer is going to just get more of the fantasy valuable touches. Although the goal line is the one caveat that I'll give to that. So this tier for me is Deandre Swift at 29, Khalil Herbert at 30, Devon A. Chain at 31 and David Montgomery at 32. Yeah. Montgomery is another guy that we have some difference on. Um, and yeah, like, you know, obviously I'm not plugging and playing what happened with Jamal Williams last year. Cause if I did, I would have David Montgomery at RB 12. So that that's what Jamal Williams did. So I think, uh, you know, RB 25, that's as low as I could put him. all things considered. So, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an offense that puts up a lot of points and scores a lot of touchdowns. So that's, that's the main thing there. Um, but, uh, yeah, just getting into my guys here. So at RB 30, I've got James cook and, uh, this is lower than consensus. And, you know, like I've said already, I don't think he's, you know, any guy that's going to have any sort of like workhorse level role. Um, I mean, shit, all of last year, he only had two finishes as an RB two or better. Like I think people are getting in a little over their heads with this. Uh, he finishes the RB 44 last year. Obviously I expect him to have a better year. I'm ranking him 14 spots higher than that this year, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, last year he had Singletary. This year, I think his competition is honestly at least as strong. I think it's probably stronger in Damian Harris, um, who is a better short yardage guy than Cook is. So he's obviously going to have good value. I do want to take him as an RB3 here. But uh, yeah, I just think consensus has him a little bit too high for my liking. And for you know what he's already accomplished in the league, it's not like he's had a whole run of really good games or anything. So um, so yeah, Cook at 30, but uh, he is in a great offense, so that is one good thing to look at. Uh, that is why he comes in ahead of Rashad White, who does have the body to handle a heavier workload and to get those goal line touches and get those scores. Uh, but he's obviously in a far worse offense with the Bucks. And um, yeah, I also just he was highly inefficient last year. I know you know they did have some problems with the offensive line and stuff like that, but he was even more efficient than Leonard Fournette, who can't find a job right now. So. Uh, I just do have con- some concerns about like, can he actually handle being in that role uh, or, you know, does Sean Tucker start getting enough looks, you know, the running back coach was praising him and saying, you know, he's the most explosive or fastest guy in the room. So um, he's there. I think Chase Edmonds is being a little bit, un- you know, overlooked and underdrafted. So, um, so yeah, I think Rashad White, I just have him a little bit lower than it seems like everybody else. So I just have some concerns about his ability to actually go out there and execute and do it. Um one guy I don't have a concern about that, and uh, he's only down here because of situation, is Zach Charbonnet. So I have him at 32. Uh, already have Kenneth Walker at 15. Definitely think they can both finish as uh, you know RB3s are better, and I predict that's going to happen. Uh, Charbonnet, like you said, is you know a better and more polished pass catcher out of the two. Um, he's also no joke at the goal line. He's a very powerful guy. We saw him level Lewisine, uh, who's my boy out of Georgia, who's a hard-hitting safety, but not as hard hitting as Zach Charbonnet apparently. So, um, you know, Charbonnet has got that power. He can get scores in short yard situations. He's going to get work. And this is a team that's going to want to use these as a big time one, two punch. So I think he, uh, will return RB three value this year. Um, Let's see. Oh, I may have skipped Mr. James Connor at 29. I don't know if I mentioned him, this, oh, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, I should probably mention Ford, that. The yeah. tears of Ford screwed you up. Yeah, it really <laughs> did. It really did. Uh, but uh, yeah, James Conner, he was at 29 for me ahead of James Cook. So um, yeah. He, that is low. That's really low. I know, man. I know. Yeah. I didn't want to put him there, but like, like I'm not going to put him above Javante or Gibbs or like you know, maybe I can yeah, make an argument for that. Brian Robinson, but, um, but yeah, that, yeah. I, I do just like, you know, Connor, you know what you're going to get, which is why I like getting him as a solid RB three. But, you know, I, if I'm taking ahead of him, I'm trying to get some more upside in that role. So that's kind of what pushed him down for me. Um, but uh, he comes and like I said, the offense, I think is just going to be worse than last year. I mean, he was good last year, but he wasn't, you know, insanely good. He was still not super efficient. And, yeah, they don't have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is gone. So I just don't think they're going to be scoring as many points. Um, so, yeah, James Conner was at 29. Uh, 30 was James Cook. 31, Rashad White. And 32, Zach Charbonnet. All right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Rashad White, man, that's that's my one scuffle with you here. And, you know, I'm, I'm higher than consistency. He's at 27. So, you know, you have him here at, what, 30, what, 31? Uh, 31, yep. Yeah, so you're four spots lower, and I have him at uh, 22, so I'm five spots higher. So that'll that's definitely one. And like I said, man, he may end up being my top dog, so we might be arguing about him a little bit more. But um, I definitely definitely think that's the big outlier for me. Everything else, it sounds like we we got guys in similar similar ranges here. Um, 
And why don't you go ahead and close us out with your last four RBs of the episode and uh, finish out your RB3s. Yep. Uh, number 33, I'm going to take another Thunder to a Lightning combo and A.J. Dillon. Uh, we've seen him consistently provide fantasy value over the years. I, I like him as an RB3. Obviously, if anything happens to Aaron Jones, he immediately is, you know, a high-end RB2, you know, in the RB1 conversation. So, um, yeah, he's consistently had standalone value. I think they're going to run the ball more this year. So I think he'll have a little bit better year than last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dylan, he's finished in the top 24 multiple times, and I think there's a chance he could do it again this year. But a little bit of uncertainty with that offense pushes him down to 33. At the 34, I will take my first Eagles running back, and it is not Mr. Swift. It is not the penny man. It is who got paid a penny in free agency to be there. Uh, it is Kenny Gainwell at 34. Um, yeah, he so far throughout practice, he's been getting most of the first team reps. Uh, he sat out with the starters in the first preseason game. I know Swift has just done that for the um, second game here, so uh, they're they're alternating, it seems. Those two, I think, are are the top two guys. He played uh, in the game tonight, and he took a tackle for the lo- for a, a three yard loss and a safety, or two yard loss and a safety. But yeah, uh, that- I'm, yeah, unblocked defender that he got hit in the backfield. It wasn't his fault. So, <laughs> I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here? Um, I'm just saying that's how you lose. That's how you. That's how your your starting job gets a little more shaky. You know, stuff like that. That's all I'm saying. You really want the swift thing to work out, don't you? <laughs> Uh, well, like as I much said, as you want that Gainwell thing to work so, out. Well, so far, Gainwell's been getting the first team touches, and he's already integrated in the offense. Uh, and he wasn't traded away for pennies by the team that drafted him. So, um, fourth round I, pick isn't pennies. Fourth round's a, a valuable pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, value, yeah, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, I, I do like Swift. I don't, and, you know, I'm not saying it's a sure thing that he's not more talented the game well he's definitely bigger and you know but he's had trouble staying healthy uh he's in a new offense that game well is very familiar with and they kind of turned to game well when things got tough and uh you know got to the end of the season and playoffs last year so i expect that momentum to carry a little bit into this year so far in preseason it has so yeah game well i don't have swift super far behind but he doesn't make the cut for this list and game well does at 34 so at 35 i will take zeke uh, this is kind of an ugly pick here, but he's he's probably going to outperform his ADP, at least his current ADP, because dude's going to get touchdowns. Like I said, I think he's going to get double digit amount of touchdowns. The Patriots love to run uh, multiple running backs. And like I said, Ramondre hasn't been very efficient in goal line situations. That is Zeke's biggest strength. Uh, the last thing to go is your power and strength as a running back. He's still I think he had 13 touchdowns last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was either 10 or 13. I know it was above, uh, it was in the double digit range though, but, uh, but yeah, you know, obviously the Zeke of old, you're not getting that back. He's, you know, played through a lot more injuries. He doesn't have the juice that Dalvin still does. Um, but even all that considered, he was with Tony Pollard, who was a supremely talented running back last year and he still finished RB 20. Um, so, you know, he's still, that is within the realm of possibilities this year that he finished as a, as a RB two or at worst high end RB three. Um, you know, I say at worst, I have him at 35, but, uh, yeah, there is this scenario where he gets those touchdowns and does provide that value for you this year. So a guy that I think is going to be a sleeper. And, uh, lastly, another sleeper for me is Damian Harris at 36. I do have him and James Cook, both in this uh, RB three bracket here. Um, I just think Harris is going to get enough work at the goal line. He's going to get enough scores. Uh, we saw Singletary take, you know, a decent bit of work over the years. And I think Damian Harris is honestly a little bit better than Singletary. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, Singletary last year finishes the RB 24. So this isn't even coming close to predicting that for Harris, but I do think he has enough of a role uh, where he finishes as an RB three. So he comes in last at 36 for me, um, a guy that like just made the cut. So I'll mention honorable mention is just like Isaiah Pacheco. He's probably be on this list. I just couldn't find a way to fit him in here really. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's definitely in the honorable mention section, but um before you list your last four, I will recap my RB3s here, and it is David Montgomery at 25, 26, Javante Williams, 27, Jameer Gibbs, 28, Brian Robinson, 29, James Conner, 30, James Cook, 31, Rashad White, 32, Zach Charbonnet, uh, 33, A.J. Dillon, 34, The Gainwell, uh, 35, Ezekiel Elliott, and 36, Damian Harris. Yeah, no, definitely the end there. We got a lot of uh, different names coming in uh, and, you know, really our RB3s have been different uh, from the beginning for for the most part. Um, But um, my last couple guys here, um, I'm going to have them both. Don't worry, but one more season, I'm going to I'm going to put Mr. Antonio Gibson above Brian Robinson. I'm going to have 33 Antonio Gibson. The the consistent thing that you know we we both kind of have our um same thing with quarterbacks you know we have what we like and what we look for that's different from one another with running backs it's like I like pass catching upside you like first and second down like goal line short yardage upside and so uh not to say we don't like both you know obviously the ideal player has both but you know for me the pass catching back Antonio Gibson entices me more and for you the you know the short yardage uh you know possible to touchdown upside guy in uh, Brian Robinson appeals to you more but Antonio Gibson's 33 for me uh everything out of camp looks like he's gonna have a bigger role than he had last year um and uh, I think they're gonna have to depend on the run a lot so uh, at 34 I'm gonna have Mr. Zach Charbonnet um I really feel like it's very possible he ends up higher but in case Kenneth Gainwell does dominate the touches and maybe they work Charbonnet in a little bit slower um you know that that's a possible scenario and so uh, I do have him as a back end uh, RB3 here at 35 just two spots below his teammate I am gonna have Mr. Brian Robinson uh, I kind of think either one of them, I feel like I'm kind of have equal shot to get the quote unquote RB one. And, and, and probably like the guys starting on the field will probably be Brian Robinson, but I just feel like it's going to be a big enough split and Antonio Gibson will get enough passes that, um, you know, it'll be game to game, more dependable. Brian Robinson, you're kind of hoping he falls into the end zone. Um, the way I see it. So, uh, and then lastly, the guy that just barely made it in was Mr. Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he ba- barely made it out for you, but, um, the guy that my honorable mention would have been AJ Dillon. And, uh, I kept flopping Pacheco and AJ Dillon back and forth, but you know, I, I decided that the upside argument, Isaiah Pacheco has the potential to be the, you know, quote unquote RB one for one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, whereas AJ Dillon, you know, the second, running back in an offense that we aren't quite sure how good it's going to be. So that just, you know, made me lean. If I'm going to include one as an RB three, I'll do the one that has the, you know, guy high upside, even if I don't necessarily think he has the pedigree to fulfill that upside. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, for me, Isaiah Pacheco is the guy that's sneaking in with AJ Dillon as an honorable mention. So I will recap my RB threes. I had Alexander Madison at 25, 26, Dalvin cook, 27, James cook, 28, Alvin Kamara, 29, DeAndre Swift, 
30, Khalil Herbert, 31, Devon A. Chain, 32, David Montgomery, 33, Antonio Gibson, 34, Jack Charbonnet, 35, Brian Robinson, 36, Isaiah Pacheco, honorable mention, A.J. Dillon. And that is how we see the running backs this year. Um, Of course, Mm -hmm. there's still three weeks before the season starts. There might be some shakeups. We're adaptive. We don't, oh, we're going to, we, you know, this is what we're drafting with. We don't do that. Nobody else should do that. So, uh, but this is how we see it right now coming into our drafts. Our big home league draft is in about two and a half weeks uh, that we do every year. Uh, and uh, we're, we're excited for that. Um, I'll probably do a couple more, more redrafts uh, outside of that. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting that football is getting to start. And man, ranking running backs is so much easier because in, in redraft, because that's the one mm-hmm. where age really matters the most to me. Mm-hmm. So it's just so much easier. And, you know, I honestly think in the future, what I'm going to do is do redraft rankings first. I mean, it's hard to do it way out in the mm-hmm. like preseason, but if you kind of do like your projected redraft rankings, you can kind of build your dynasty rankings from that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it's a little bit easier to, you know, separate the age tiers versus how you feel like they're going to do in the next year or the coming year. So anyways, um, definitely a good exercise to do, but yeah, we appreciate you guys doing this exercise with us. Be sure to like subscribe, comment, and all the things ring the bell, all the awesome things you can do for us. We really appreciate Nate. You got anything to add before we close out today? Nope. Like I said, favorite position, love doing running backs. Uh, there's a lot of good talent, uh, this year. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, next week we'll get to the pass catchers. So looking forward to that as well. And so, um, yeah, uh, definitely wide receivers are becoming more popular, taking them early in the first round compared to some prior years. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about there. 100 percent. And we will talk about that um, next week. We'll be doing uh, top 24 receivers um, and also throw in our top 12 tight ends uh, as well. Uh, So all the pass catching positions we will be covering. So be sure to tune in. Thank you guys for tuning in to this one. Uh, Be sure to reach out if you have any questions or like or dislike any of the takes we had on the show. We're always happy to to defend them or, you know, have you agree with us, however it goes. So uh, thank you guys always for reaching out and uh, providing us with feedback. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Uh, For Nate, this is Josiah. Fantasy Dogs out. (laughs) 